Hello, this is Barry Wolf with another edition of Wolf Bites. Well, I'm really excited here. I'm with Jonathan Mays, who is the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business Magazine, which is actually one of my absolute go-to sources. I get there, get, Jonathan, I get your emails or, uh, every day, uh, and it really is. I think you guys do a phenomenal job covering, obviously, the restaurant sector. Uh, so thanks for everything you're doing, and I'm excited to talk with you about the, you know, obviously, the restaurant sector here today. Thanks, Jonathan, for joining. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Jonathan, obviously, you know, being editor-in-chief of a publication focused on the restaurant sector, you're as immersed in it on a daily basis as, as anybody. Um, what are you, so you're talking with a lot of operators across the country. I imagine mom and pop certainly chains. What are you seeing out there right now? We're starting to see some states opening up, but what's, what's kind of the, re, the lay of the land that, in, in your conversations right now? Yeah. So if you take a look at the broad sector from a, you know, 60,000 foot view, the, the overall sector is, has just been hammered. Um, and you have a huge number of restaurants that have closed. Uh, you have a large number of restaurants, especially full service restaurants that have seen significant hits um, to their restaurant sales. And even, uh, even the fast food restaurant chains that have um, drive-throughs have seen significant declines. But, you know, the, obviously, like a lot of other things, it hasn't been equally distributed. So the biggest, most serious pain has been felt by high-end independent restaurants. So your, you know, your Danny Meyer own concepts, your places like that, that have, especially in urban areas uh, where, you know, the virus has hit, uh, it has had the biggest immediate impact. Um, you've seen a, a real serious uh, rate of closures in that group. Uh, a lot of independents won't actually come back from this. Okay. So by uh, closures, you mean largely temporary, but obviously some of them probably permanent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially small mom and pops, a lot of them are not going to come back. Okay. Um, early estimates are that 3% are already permanently closed. That's likely a lot higher than that right now. So, and that's where you have your serious job losses. Um, and But then if you look at the chain universe, uh, there are real signs of recovery. Those restaurant chains, chains and, and, and restaurants that do high levels of takeout, whether they're independents or chains, have been able to recover a lot more quickly. So uh, a perfect example is Popeyes. Um, you know, if you remember last year, late last year, they had same store sales in the 40% range. Right. Uh, last, in the first quarter, their same store sales were still up 30%, even though the last two weeks of March, they were flat. Um, as of by the end of April, they have already largely come back um, to that pre-coronavirus level. Um, you have a lot of even McDonald's and, and Burger King have seen sales improvement really over the past couple of weeks. Consumers got their stimulus checks. Uh, people have sort of readjusted to this new reality and they're starting to come back. So, you know, if you go uh, past Chick-fil-A or Raising Cane's or anything with a drive through you're going to see a long line. Uh, that is very, very, very common, um, and uh, and you've seen a lot of um, small chains and independents get really creative in terms of how they're adapting to this. So, I mean, some chains are are doing a lot better than others, and and chains in general are doing better than independents. Right, and at the same time, I mean, Popeyes. If there's a Popeyes Hall of Fame of products, that chicken sandwich has got to be at the top of the list. It's really if a one item could ever 
not save a chain because they were going to make it through this either way. But I mean, it, it's amazing what that chicken sandwich has done for Popeyes in reality. Oh yeah, that's it's it is completely changed the the makeup of the customer base. It has opened up new potential markets. Uh, it has been argue very much. So we were talking about the Popeyes, um, but what so all the chains you mentioned, uh, you know, the Popeyes, Chick-fil-A, Raising Cane's, you know, what they obviously have in common is they're all QSR chains. And mm -hmm. frankly, we go back to the last recession, you know, that period, QSRs and to go with the value menu. Those were the, the guys that really excelled and, you know, kind of coasted through to a degree. Mm -hmm. What about the casual dining chains? What are you seeing there kind of taking that next level up? Right. So any, any casual dining chain that did a very good job in generating takeout and delivery sales. So if they, so Chili's has actually done relatively well. Um, uh, Outback Steakhouse has done quite well. Uh, mm -hmm. Applebee's to a certain extent. Um, so any of those chains that did a really good job on takeout and delivery, one of the really interesting exceptions was Texas Roadhouse, which going into this didn't really almost was resistant and they hated delivery. They still do hate delivery. Um, but they really didn't do too much in terms of takeout. Um, and once this hit, they completely shifted their operations. They started selling their steaks, um, uh, pre-cooked steaks, so you could take them home and make them. Right. Um, and then they really, really shifted to curbside service and takeout. And uh, their restaurants are almost cash flow positive right now, which is amazing considering everything else. So um, they've really seen a pickup. So it's, again, these chains that, especially if you had a really good reputation going into this, um, if you did, a, you know, uh, you're, you're more likely to recover because you, you can do some more marketing and advertising um, than maybe the smaller chain. So they've done generally uh, real well. Those who didn't are family, family dining chains. So you're Denny's right. and you're a high hop. So yeah. the thing, the, the day part that is weakest right now is breakfast. Consumers right. are, because nobody's commuting, nobody's going, nobody's going to work or anything like that. They're not stopping for breakfast and weekends are also weak. And if you, if you know, and as are late nights. So, and those are all like the major day parts for the Denny's, right? That's their hours. Yeah. So, right. And they are not doing, so they're down in the 70% range still. They have not seen the bump that almost every other chain has. Gotcha. Gotcha. I read your article just recently talking about Texas Roadhouse, I think online. Do you see that out of curiosity using Texas Roadhouse as an example and their movement towards delivery and takeout, curbside to go? Do you see the, the chains like that grab it, you know, this becoming a permanent part of their business and them realizing this can't just be, you know, a six week thing. We need to make this a permanent part of our structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think curbside in particular for someone yeah. like Texas Roadhouse is going to be here to stay. And then look, I mean, the, we don't know how long this is going to last. We, nobody has any idea what's happening in the future. We're all just guessing. We're, you know, that's a, the hallmark. Nobody knows anything about any of, any of this. We, we're just, throwing things at a wall. You're right. The one thing that we do know though is that going into this takeout was that was the overarching biggest trend in the restaurant industry by far. People were ordering more takeout. And then you probably have to expect at least that we're going to have a slow recovery because if you look at polls, most Americans aren't really all that hot about going back to dine-in restaurants. So you're going to have probably a long period in which dine-in sales are just going to be abnormally weak. Now, whether they're down 10% or down 80%, we have no idea. So you're going to have to have a substantial 
takeout business, no matter what kind of restaurant you are. And because that's how, you know, almost every consumer feels somewhat safe about getting takeout food and they need it actually, because grocers on balance can't supply the entire need for food for the United States has been completely proven so far. So, um, you know, so that is, you know, you're going to have to have more takeout. Um, I mean, you don't necessarily have to have delivery. It's, it's a misnomer that you do, but you have to get, make consumers feel safe about getting your product. So anything that makes them feel safe and curbside is one is just very, very safe. Drive-throughs are very safe. Um, and then, and then just making it easy to order. And so digital ordering is going to be a big thing. Absolutely. And those that have done that well leading into this, like Chipotle is an example have excelled and you're right. I mean, we're, you know, casual dining sales are going to be down for the foreseeable future because we've got state mandates that they can't operate beyond 25, 50%. We don't know how long that's going to be. So sales are, they're simply going to be down for a while. What is, what do you mm-hmm. feel like the next, and maybe you've answered it a little bit, let's look out three to six months and acknowledging we're all flying blind here, throwing darts, but what do you, what do you think the next three to six months look like? What are the restaurant operators telling you, even to the standpoint of rental payments and how they're going to be able to financially move forward? <laughs> is that open a whole nother can of worms? I mean, what are you seeing and hearing there? Yeah, I mean, you know, the concern that I have looking at this thing three to six months out is, you know, if as states start reopening um, and they start reopening for business, then you are going to have a situation where people are going to want, you're going to have a lot of people with their hands out, right? You have a lot of deferred rent payments. You've had, um, you know, extended uh, payment terms on loans and, and, and things of that nature and vendors. You're having all, all of this um, all of these extensions on various payments. And then as cash starts coming into the restaurant, they're going to have less ability to pay that. That's one concern that I have is, you know, you know, these bills are coming due uh, one way or the other. And um, there are a lot of restaurant chains in the United States, uh, a lot of independent restaurants, certainly a lot of chains that are in just really, really, really weak condition. Um, And, um, you know, they might have, might be able to survive, but the big question is what happens three to, you know, what happens a little bit down the line? I mean, I think the recovery is going to be slow. Uh, I think it's going to be really on a case by case basis. There's going to be some restaurants that just do gangbusters business. They might have a really large patio, for instance. If you have a patio, by the way, you're, you're, you're in much better condition than if you don't. Agreed. My um, wife and I have talked about that when we are ready to go to the restaurant. It's we're going to sit outside. I agree that it makes a tremendous difference having right. that outdoor seating. Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And 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 frankly, if you can get some outdoor seating in a restaurant anyway, you should probably try to do that. People love it. Even in I'm, I live in Minnesota and we have like like five days of decent weather all year and like people adore patios. So you almost have to have a patio if you're yeah. casual dining here. So. Um, so I think that if you look at the recovery, it's just really going to be just like some restaurants are going to do real well, and then some are just really going to struggle coming out of this. And so um, it could be a real challenge for some restaurants coming out of it. Yeah. And some, I mean, it's interesting. Some may depend on, you know, when does sports get back? I mean, we work with some Twin Peaks operators or Miller's Ale House, those sort of brands that, yeah, frankly, to a degree, depend on television, sports, and if that's not available, do people go to those restaurants quite as often? 
So we had a little technical difficulty. We're back here with Jonathan Mays, editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business Magazine. Thanks so much for your time and patience, Jonathan. Uh, obviously, you're immersed as deep as anybody in the restaurant sector and as knowledgeable as anybody in the restaurant sector. Um, I know we're all flying a little bit blind, shooting darts, but projecting out three to six months out, I guess, you know, later into this year, where do you, where do you see things, you know, with the restaurant sector related to operationally, financially, rents, because that's, you know, a factor here as well, uh, kind of what's your vision? Right. So my biggest concern three to six months out is as states start opening up their economies more, as they start letting dine-in restaurants come in, um, uh, start letting dine-in restaurants reopen, you know, everybody's going to have their hands out, right? So uh, you've had all these deferrals on rent, you've had a lot of, um, uh, you know, delays in, in, in loan payments and things like that. And eventually people are going to, you know, once you're get, once restaurants can start getting dine-in sales, you're going to have a lot of people with their hands out and a lot of rent coming due. And I don't think that um, you're really going to have some of the, um, uh, I don't think that you're really going to have some of the, you know, the big massive return to, to dine-in sales that I think some people think. And so it's, it's really going to be a, for, you know, just broadly speaking, it's going to be a very slow recovery. Um, now that said, I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, a real wide range of, of performance. So you are going to have restaurants again, that have a lot of takeout that have a really big patios that have really large spaces. Um, they're going to be able to probably recover a little bit better, um, than, than a lot of other restaurants. Um, and, uh, you know, and then you're going to have um, some that don't open all together. And so it's just going to be this real wide range of performance in, in my view, depending on what restaurant, um, you're operating. And, um, you know, and then I think that independent restaurants in particular are going to really struggle to reopen. Um, some of these smaller restaurant companies are just not going to be able to make it. You're going to have a lot of chains that, um, you know, there are a lot of chains that have some real, um, you know, real problems with leverage and things like that are going to have a hard time coming back. So, you know, I mean, it's just really going to run the gamut between restaurants that do very, very well coming out of it, like a Popeye's, and then uh, um, other restaurants that just can't make it. Is it probably kind of a bit of a bifurcation between QSR and casual dining, certainly? And then even in those sectors, another bifurcation, probably those that have been sitting on a lot of cash going into this and those that were sitting on a lot of debt and those that had cash going in or probably have a viable shot and those that were leveraged, whether it's through private equity or otherwise, if they were heavily leveraged, it's, it's a tough time in reality. It's a tough time right. for everybody, particularly for those. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that had, there are a lot of restaurant companies that just really had them were, were in a very difficult position going into this. You know, no, remember a few months ago, um, I would have told you that we we're going to have a rash of bankruptcies this year. We already had going into this a large number of restaurant chain bankruptcies. Um, you know, we probably were headed for a multi-year uh, sort of slowdown in the industry, both on the on the chain side and on the franchisee side. And I think that this is just sort of exacerbating it. It's probably going to sh shrink the time frame down for that. Um, you know, I mean, if you're looking at a bright side, instead of having a multi-year um, slowdown in the industry, 
uh, we probably were, this is probably all happening in a few months. And, uh, you know, and then the industry can get back to sort of a recovery mode and a, and a rebuild mode um, more quickly than it would have otherwise. But um, I think we're headed for a, a, a pretty fair, sizable shakeout in, this, in the industry right now. Right. No, and I think that is a bit of a silver lining, if that's the right way to put it, that instead of this taking several years, it is probably a 60, 90 day really brutal process, but it's kind of ripped the Band-Aid off, as they say, and we're gonna to get to those that are survivors here pretty quickly. And those that do survive, frankly, are gonna have more market share. There's gonna be you know, more consumers to go to those because there's gonna be fewer options in reality. So that is you know, a bit of a silver lining, you're right, for those that do survive, they'll get to the, get to the other end of the rainbow quicker. So, well, I don't want to keep yeah. you any longer. I, I really appreciate your insights. You're, again, mm -hmm. as knowledgeable as anybody out there in the restaurant sector. Uh, for anybody that's interested in, in the restaurant sector, how can folks best follow you, your publication, your, week, your, your regular daily, weekly emails, your podcast? What's the best way for people to follow you? Um, well, first, you could follow me on Twitter at, at Jonathan Mays. Um, you can also, um, uh, our website is restaurantbusinessonline.com. Uh, we have, uh, if you find our newsletters, we have several uh, daily newsletters. Um, uh, one that I author specifically that comes out every week called The Bottom Line and another one um, that comes out every afternoon just on that day's news um uh that the staff puts out and uh we i mean yeah we're putting out a ton of content right now i can tell you it's been as busy as a period as i've i've ever even imagined yeah now if you are interested in restaurant sector i mean i really do recommend your daily emails are fantastic i mean the five-part series you guys recently ran um so now i mean it's i i recommend subscribing to restaurant business magazine the the daily and certainly weekly emails for jonathan directly and, and your podcast as well you didn't even mention that one so um, yeah so thanks so much for your time jonathan great great talk spending some time with you thank you sir be well, be well.